Excuse me. Sure is. Hello, Lord? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I got it. Really? Okay. You're glad they're here too? Yeah, me too. All right. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. That was awesome. He doesn't usually call me like that, but <clears throat> must have had something important to say. Obviously, I just made that up, right? My alarm was set for some crazy reason, but that was pretty sweet. You know, I mentioned how in life the, you know, the winds blow and beat against us, but you know, there is no wind that's stronger than the wind of his love and his mercy and his grace. It's hurricane force, isn't it? Cat five, you know, just blown against us, his love and his mercy and his grace. What, what an incredible God that we serve. And, and, and I do realize that y'all just sat down. But I'm going to ask you to stand, if you don't mind, even if you do mind. As a, as a sign of respect, not for me, but as a sign of respect for God's Word. Uh, the, the, this book is not the words of man, it's the words of God. It is, it is literally God-breathed, and this book is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the uh, the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And, and I want to read several passages, and as I read them, you're going to see a, a common theme in them, and see if you can catch the theme. Uh, the first verse is out of Psalm 119. Uh, you're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow His directions, doing your best to find Him. Uh, that's right, you don't go off on your own. Uh, you walk straight along the road, He said. You, God, prescribed the right way to live, and now you expect us to live it. Oh, that my steps might be steadily keeping to the course you set, that I'll never have any regrets in comparing my life with your counsel. I thank you for speaking straight from your heart. I learned the pattern of your righteous ways. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And, and then in John 13, we read this, and Jesus has just washed the, the feet of the disciples, and he said this, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And, and then Jesus' half-brother James uh, put it this way in the first chapter of his letter. Do not merely listen to the word. And uh, the word there means audit. Do not merely audit the word. And so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like the man who looks at his face in a mirror. Anybody look in the mirror today? Raise your hand. Some of you need to look again, all right? I mean, you got that toothpaste right here and that ground pepper from last night. It did not come out. Just kidding. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, don't get the pepper out of his teeth, so to speak, is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at, at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into perfect law that gets freedom and continues to do so not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So did, did you see a theme running through those verses? If so, share that theme with someone standing around you. You're allowed to talk to do that too. All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Amen. And, and, and before you sit down, if, if you don't, we don't, we don't do this very often, but would you, would you shake a few hands and, and hug a few people around you and let them know you're glad they're here? Sit down and shut up. <laughs> Sit down and shut up. All by myself. I mean, I, 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 no hugs, I'm just saying, all right? No one shook my hand, no one hugged me, but that's all right. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're failing. Yeah, hey, what's the deal? What's the deal, sister? Huh? Huh? All right. Hey, this morning we're kicking off a five-week series that we're calling God's Blueprint for the Family. And, and, and as I often do, I, I go and Google, and I, I Googled the word family this week, and there were 1.74 billion results. Man, that took a lot of time reading those. And, and, and the first was a, a Wikipedia definition. Here's that definition. It just warms my heart. In human context, a family is a group of people affiliated by consanguinity. I had no idea what that meant. No idea how to say it. I had to listen to it like 20 times before I hit the button. Consanguinity, consanguinity. And it, here's what it means. Relationship by blood or common ancestor. Okay? In human context, a family is a group of people affiliated by consanguinity, affinity, or co-residents share consumption. Members of the media family may include a spouse, parent, brother, and sister, son, and daughter. Now, doesn't that definition make you feel all warm and fuzzy and Norman Rockwellian? I mean, ah, family. I also Googled importance of family, and there are 453 million results, which led me to Google importance of family quotes, and there were 14.1 million results. And here are a few quotes about the family I came across this week. A Chinese proverb. Governing a family as you would cook a small fish, very gently. Good one. Barbara Bush, to us, family means putting your arms around each other and being there. Um, Michael J. Fox, family is not an important thing, it's everything. Uh, Brad Henry, families are the compass that guide us. They're the inspiration to reach great heights and our comfort when we occasionally falter. George Moore a man travels the world over in search of what he needs and returns home to find it. Ring Lardner, the family you come from isn't as important as the family you're going to have. Amen. Mother Teresa, what can you do to promote world peace? Go home and love your family. I like it. Uh, Jane Howard, call it a clan, call it a network, call it a tribe, call it a family, whatever you call it. Whoever you are, you need one. Uh, Dodie Smith, the family, that dear octopus from whose tentacles we never quite escape, nor in our inmost hearts ever quite wish to. Winston Churchill, there's no doubt that it is around the family and the home that all the greatest virtues, the most dominating virtues of humans are created, strengthened, and maintained. 
my all-time favorites. Happiness is having a large, loving, caring, close-knit family in another city. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Either a long car drive or an expensive flight, right? A family, it's a huge deal. I mean, it's the place we all began, and it's pretty much the place we still are. And family, no matter how hard we try, uh, we cannot escape its tentacles because family is everywhere. Okay, uh, raise your hands if you are or ever have been in a family. Okay, <laughs> all right, that's most of us in this room. Okay, uh, raise your hands if you think the family's important. Raise your hands if you think a lot of families are in serious trouble today. And there's no denying that, right? I mean, we've all heard the statistics, the statistics that say that this foundational building block of society is crumbling all around us. And not just families out there in the world, but also in here among God's people. Why is that? I mean, what's going on? Why are things so messed up? And is there any reason to have hope? Uh, Maple Grove, I, I stand before you today uh, with good news of great joy that is for all families. You see, there is reason to hope, to have hope for the family. There's reason to have hope for your family because God, the one who created family and designed family to begin with, has provided a blueprint in his word for the family. And Now, blueprints are extremely important whenever you're building something. I mean, back in the early 1990s when this building was constructed, here's how it didn't go down. A bunch of guys show up on a weekend with stuff loaded in their truck from Lowe's, power tools in their hands, said, hey, what do you think? Let's, I got nothing to do. Let's build a building, right? That's not how it happened. No, there was a blueprint. In fact, there were many blueprints. Here's some definitions of a blueprint. You know, it's a, it's a detailed plan on how to do something. It's a detailed outline or plan of action. It's an original plan or prototype that influences subsequent designs and practices. And, and, and I have right here, this is some of the, you know, the, the original blueprints for this building, okay? And, and wouldn't it have been crazy, you know, back in the 1990s uh, for, you know, the people here to try to have built this building without this or to build any building without the blueprint? Then how much more crazy is it for us to try to build a family without referring to God's blueprint? And, and let me ask you, when, you know, when, they, when they created these blueprints, how many times did they look at them? Just once? And then roll them up? No, they use them all the time. That's why, I mean, that, I mean, I could tell some guy had a BLT when he was looking at this page. This guy had, he had, he had pizza when he ate this page, right? You know, some mayonnaise. I, I mean, they use them all the time, right? Hey, are, are we doing it right? Something's not looking right. Oh, we're out of line here. We're not doing exactly what it says. Well, over the next five weeks, we're going to look at some of God's blueprints for the family. Now, today we're going to talk about essential building material, all right? Um, next week, we're going to talk about God's design for the marriage. We're going we're to look at the following week. We're going to look at doing your part. Because when they build this building, you know, some guys were pouring concrete, right? Some guys are framing, you know, some guys are, are, are doing the plumbing, some guys are pulling wire. Everybody had a part to get this thing done. And in the home, everybody's got a part in God's blueprint. Um, on the, on uh, March 30th, we're going to look at parenting in a nutshell, all right? 
pretty big nutshell. We're going to try to crack it. Okay. Um, on April the 6th, we're going to look at a message I'm calling Navigating the, uh, the Crucial Seas, Communication and Conflict Revolution. Revolution. <laughs> Seems that way sometimes. It's like a rope. Okay. Conflict Resolution. You say you want a resolution. <laughs> hey, we needed our sleep. So did you. All right. And, and on the 14th, it's to be announced. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, I was thinking, yeah, I really want to do a Palm Sunday sermon. But if God says, hey, there's something else I want you to talk about, about the family, I'm like, okay. I mean, he could call me like he did this morning, right? Hey, Steve, I need you to scratch the Palm Sunday and talk about this, right? I just want to be open to it. Um, and do want to mention that this coming Friday and Saturday, we're having a, a, a marriage retreat, um, and, and it's 30 bucks. You know, it, it's going to start at 6 o'clock. You get dinner on Friday night, lunch on Saturday. Um, and, and if you sign up already, you need to show me the money today. I'll be at the back table. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of full, uh, but I can squeeze some more people in if, you know what I'm saying? You can, you know, you, I, I can make room. I'll give you a good seat if you just show me a little extra cash. Yeah, but but if, if you really want to come, come back there and talk to me. Here's what I can guarantee. It's going to make a difference. Now, if you learn one thing that makes your marriage better, it's, it's worth it, right? And then we're throwing in meals and fellowship around it. And, and uh, um, so that, that's, I'll throw that out there for you. Um, we'll have, uh, Bob and Chris will be back there to take your money. And, and, <laughs> and they'll give it to me. The extra especially. But again, family is a huge topic, and there's no way in a five or six or 12-week series I could cut up, cover everything. But, but here's what I do know. I know we can look at a, a few blueprints, and I know that if, if we follow what it says, what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks, it will have a big positive impact in our family. Is that crazy? That's a pretty bold thing to say, right? I'm saying that if you actually do this, that your family, it'll have a positive impact and will make a difference in your family, guaranteed, without a doubt it'll do it, because that's how God designed it. Amen? All right? So, so that's your choice and mine. And listen, despite the incredible diversity of the families represented in Maple Grove, I mean, at the Grove, you know, you know, we have blended families, second marriages, stepchildren, stepparents, adopted children, single-parent homes. Uh, we have homes with children, homes without children, uh, homes with toddlers, homes with teens, and homes that are empty nests trying to figure out how that works. But listen, to, to, despite all that diversity, every family represented in this room has one thing in common, that no matter where we find our family at this present moment, we would like it to be better. I mean, who here wants their family to be more screwed up next year than it is right now? You know, I want my family, it's pretty screwed up, but I think I, can, I think I can mess this thing up some more, right? Nobody wants that, right? You want it to be better. And this morning, we're going to talk about some of the building materials that are essential to constructing a family. You know, uh, on Blueprints, some of them are actually, they'll list the building materials, right? What type of material you use, how much, the spacing between them, you know, what kind of rebar to use, the, the mixing of the concrete, how deep the footers are. And here's the deal that if someone sees that and says, you know what, that's going to take, that's a hassle. That's going to take too much time and too much money. I'm going to, I'm going to cut some corners here. It'll be all right. And down the road, 
What do they have? They have structural issues, right? It's like, man, nothing is working right. The doors won't close because it's like, hey, you know, it's not going to matter. Yeah, it does matter. Get it? All right. Now, families at the core are about relationships. And guided in his blueprint, listed some of the building material to construct a healthy relationship. And, and, and let me say two things as I start off. Some of the stuff I'm going to mention, I've talked about a lot. And, and, and none of what I'm going to talk about is rocket science. But like the theme we saw, right? Remember the theme in those verses? You're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Uh, do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. We can deceive ourselves, right? Think, hey, I want the church. I, I said three amens, four hallelujahs, and filled out my outline. I'm good, you know? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Jesus says the wise man is the one who hears what God says and puts it into practice, all right? See, knowing's not enough. We get no credit from God for auditing in his word, hey, for showing up, right? We got to put it into practice. And we're going to pray. And I want us to do something as we pray. You know, as you look around this room, you know, like get your eyes on maybe a family, right? You don't have to tell them you're doing this. We're going to do some SEAL Team 6 prayers. They don't need to know you're there. But, but you're, going to, you're going to say, hey, for the next six weeks, when I pray for my family, I'm going to pray for that family. Every day I'm going to pray for that family and, and, and do that for the next five or six weeks. And would that make a difference? We have a core value. And, and we don't want these, you know, hey, well, these sound cool. You know, they look good on the T-shirt or coffee mug. We, we really believe these matter. And our second core value is what? We depend on God. God, God wants every family to be strong, right? He wants every home to be healthy. He wants every relationship to be healthy. That's God's design. That's God's plan. And, and when we, uh, Jesus said, you know, knock and the door will be open. His half-brother said, you have not because you, you ask not. So I just want to encourage you to pick out a family or two. And, and sincerely, you don't need to tell them you're praying for them. But you'll be watching them, man. And, and you say, wow, wow, they, there's a new bounce in their step right here. There's something going on. You know, so let's do some stealth prayers for each other. But let's pray right now for ourselves. God, uh, we pray with palms open. Uh, God, because we need you, we need your truth. And God, when we, we try to, you know, draw up our own plans and throw stuff together, it just gets all messed up. Things don't work the way they're supposed to. You know, water gets into our house, and God, it's drafty, and the lights don't all work, and none of the cabinets shut like they're supposed to. And, and, and God... God, open our hearts and minds right now to your truth. And, and God, help this guy up here who's as screwed up as everybody else in this room is, God, to somehow present your truth. And God, may we approach your truth with confidence, Lord, because your word is living and active and it is useful. It, it teaches us what's wrong in our life. It, it straightens out all the things that are misaligned. And it, it equips us for every good work that you have for us. And and a healthy family is most definitely a good work you have planned for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, as I look at, you know, this blueprint, you know, of God's, it says one of the essential building materials is acceptance. And what I want you to do, at least in your mind and maybe off on your notes somewhere, is, you know, to write down the names of the people in your immediate family. You don't have to write them down or at least think about them, Right? 
Uh, uh, because here's what we're not doing during the series. You know, as we talk about this building material, I'm not giving you like a score. That's a cool little picture of a guy running right there. <laughs> okay. I, I, it's, I feel trapped. Okay. It, I, I'm not like giving you a scorecard to say, I knew my mom and dad were screwed up. My wife, wow. I'm glad she's here today. That's not why we're doing this, right? Because the only person you can change is you, right? And, and, and the score, so your scorecard is, here's my family members and how well am I doing with them? What grade would they give me? What grade would God give me towards them? Does that make sense? Now, now in, in certain stores, you'll find a section of merchandise that's available at a, available at a greatly reduced price. And, the, and what clues you into it is the, is the tag that is on these articles. And this, you ever see a tag like this? As is, right? I, I want, I, 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 if I thought about it earlier, I would have had everybody today wear an as is tag, right? Hey, let's just put on them suckers on, right? Because that's what we are. We're, we're as is. You see, the tag's a nice way of saying that this item is damaged. Something's wrong with it. You're going to find a flaw, a, a stain that won't come out, a zipper that won't zip, a button that won't butt, right? And, and right, if a zipper zips, why doesn't a button butt, right? I mean, seriously. <laughs> Bottom line, there's a problem. And again, again, again. We know it's there, and when you find it, don't come whining and crying to us because there's a fundamental rule when you deal with something that has this tag, right? No refunds, no returns, no exchanges. Understand, if you're looking for perfection, don't get something with an as-is tag. Romans 15.7 says this, Accept one another, then, just as Christ has accepted you, in order to do what? To bring praise to God. And see, acceptance is important in the family because for two reasons. Uh, number one, this will probably shock you. Families are made up of imperfect people, right? You figure that out yet? I mean, look around the room, right? Point made. Um, when you're dealing with human beings, you've come to the as-is corner of the universe. See, all of us are slightly irregular, all of us are normal till we get to know each other. <laughs> There's a flaw. So when we find it, don't be surprised. Uh, another reason acceptance is on God's blueprint for the family is because families are made up of different people. We have different personalities. You know, we like different things. Uh, we see and respond to things differently. And personality means something, right? You know, someone can be an introvert, right, and, and, and your family, and you're not. You know, you get energy from people they don't, and they like to go chill in their room because that energizes them, and you think, well, you're not with the family. You don't like the family. Why do you hate us? And they're like, it's not that. This is where I get energized. I, I need that time by myself. If you understand that, you're like, okay, they're not really dinging on me. It, it's just who they are. You know, last February, uh, the staff and I, you know, we went down to a, a great leadership retreat in, at Savannah Christian Church, uh, Next Level Leadership. And one of the things we did is, you know, we, we walked through our different personality types. And, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. That's why they respond that way. That's why I respond that way. Oh, that's how I need to interact with them so they can hear me. 
right? Oh, when they're doing that, they're not actually being mad. They're not actually being offensive. They're just being who they are. Does that make sense? See, we're different, and, and, and that's okay. We can be different and, and both be okay. And, and the key to acceptance is understanding, right? We need lots of understanding. When you understand people, oh, that's why you're that way. Okay, I understand that. And they say, oh, that's why you're that way. John Rupert writes these words. Accept one another, the Apostle Paul says, but what exactly do we do when we accept someone? It is a remarkable action, difficult to find, yet unmistakable when we experience it. To accept people is to be for them. It's to recognize that it's a very good thing that these people are alive and, and to long for the best for them. It, it does not mean, of course, to approve of all that they do. It means to continue to do, it means to continue to want the best, what is best for them, no matter what they do. Acceptance is not the same as toleration. I like this. Someone, someone may tolerate me, may put up with my existence and even my faults, but there's no healing in that. People need more than toleration. Bertrand Russell wrote, a sense of duty is useful in work, but offensive in personal relationships. People wish to be liked, not endured with patient resignation. Okay? And you'll notice after every one of these building material, right, from God's blueprint, I have a, like a little scorecard for yourself. You know? One to five. One, I stink. You know, I'm terrible. I'm awful. One, hey, man, I'm awesome. I'm, I'm killing it. All right? And, and, and remember, I had you think of all those different names? Like, it, 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 if you bring your report card home and you got like an A, hey, I got an A math. Awesome. Yeah, but what about the F here and the F here, F here, right? You're like, hey, I got an A in the way I, I treat my spouse, but, wow, I'm really tanking here, right? There's more than one subject on your report card, right? And so you think of each person, you don't have to do that now, especially I'm praying it. And how am I doing right here? What, what, what grade would they give me? What grade would God give me? Uh, the, the next essential building material is attention. And attention is so valuable, we don't give attention, we actually what? We, we pay attention. I mean, you got a little baby laying in a crib doing what babies do, doing the baby thing, you know, and then people are watching the baby and they smile. Maybe they go, hey, check that out. They're smiling. I'll do more of my baby thing, right? I got their attention. I matter. I'm important to them. We need attention. Everybody needs attention. You know, a study was done years ago with teachers and students, and a guy's up there teaching at a prearranged signal. All the people in the class, students, would lean on the edge of their seats. They'd nod and be fully engaged, and the guy that was teaching kind of monotone also goes, Hey, wow, they're listening. He's getting, he's getting energetic and gesturing and all that. Then at another pre-range signal, everybody slouched over like, I don't want to be here. I shouldn't have ate all that food last night. Wow, my stomach is hurting right now. And the guy began to teach in monotone again. I think on some Sundays you're doing that to me. <laughs> I mean, every Sunday, you know, I'm, I'm looking, right? Okay. There's one. <laughs> cool. But there's one back there too, you know. It'll say, hey, hey, it matters. I'm connecting. You know, what you're saying makes a difference. Attention is powerful stuff. Romans 12.10 says, honor one another above yourselves. And that word honor in the original language meant you know, something that was considered weighty or valuable. You know, it's valuable. And where the term dishonor to the Greeks, you know, actually the word for dishonor, you know, it, it, it meant Mr. Steen. And, and to the Greek culture, they saw nothing more insignificant than steam coming off a pot, right? It's pretty insignificant. 
listen, one of the best ways we show a person honor is spelled attention. Hey, you're worth paying attention to. Hey, guys, let me ask you a question. Do you remember how much attention you paid to your wife when you were dating? It was a lot, wasn't it? I mean, you pay total attention. I mean, you even walk through the mall. You're carrying all these bags of clothes. You're sitting outside that dressing room, and you got a purse pot up on top of you, and she's spending three hours trying on 40 dresses she's not even going to buy. And it's like, it's all good. Your buddies see you walking down. Hey, they're going to the game. You're like, they're going to a tailgate party. Hey, I'm out here shopping. It's awesome. It's really having a good time here. And, and you go, babe, I don't care that it's game seven of the World Series, bottom of the ninth. I just want to hear how your day was. And I don't want to even close my eyes because I miss you, baby. And I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> That's a good song, you got to admit. <laughs> Little Aerosmith coming at you, right? But it was that attention that brought us together and it keeps us together and it keeps families together. So, see, when we pay attention, and remember, you're judging, scoring yourself. We're saying to our family member that who they are and what they say carries weight with us. On the other hand, when we don't pay attention to them, when everything from our job, our hobbies, our car, our friends, our sports, the television, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, okay, gets more attention, we're saying, hey, you know what? You're really not that valuable to me. I understand that the worst form of rejection is to be ignored. Pretty painful. So how you doing? You know, and, and, and here, here's something I think it help pay attention to this crazy culture we live in. You know, you know, I, I was driving the car back from Wildfire and, you know, and, and Kemper, he's, 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 he's my flip phone brother, you know, okay, hanging on. And, and, and I text him sitting right next to the back seat. Hey, how you doing? He goes, oh, I got a text. Awesome. Ah, it was you, right? But we live, you know, and, we're always doing something. And, and so here's something I think would be helpful for all of us, and myself definitely included, is, hey, how about in your family, how about like two meals a week, breakfast, I don't care what meal, that you turn off all the electronics, you make phones taboo, right, and you just sit around the table where you can pay attention. Because I can, you know, I mean, I got to be honest, my kids can talk to me. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. And I can say, well, I, I can do a lot of things at once. It's a different generation. I can multitask here, you know. But I'm really not paying full attention, you know, and, and it, attention has value. The next building, building, essential uh, uh, building material is adjustment. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is a concept we talked about months and months and months ago called mutual submission. Submit to who? One another. Why? Out of reverence for them? No, because sometimes they may not. You may not feel like they deserve reverence, but out of reverence for who? Reverence for Christ. See what Paul's saying. He said, hey, uh, you Jesus followers, you church people, you, you want to know what, what love looks like lived out in your family? Everybody submits to everybody else. You see, mutual submission is leveraging all of our power, resources, and assets for the benefit of the people in our family. And, and then Paul later in that same chapter of Ephesians, he says, hey, Moms, dads, fathers, kids, here's what that looks like. And again, we're going to talk about that on, on March 23rd when we talk about doing your part. But, but mutual submission is what Christian families must do. And, and we got to aim for it, right? Yeah, we'll never hit the target, but if we aim for perfection, 
As the great coach Vince Lombardi said, we might just obtain excellence. And what we need to do is, at this point, I want you to just picture those family members, you know, and, and, and where you're saying your heart and mind, I am going to leverage, you got their picture in your mind, everybody, not just math, right, not just the math class that you like. <laughs> I, I'm going to leverage all my time, all my resources, all my assets for your benefit. I, I'm going to look for ways to come up under your burden and support you out of reverence for Christ. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us, right? He leveraged every bit of his power, every bit of his resources to get up under our burden for our benefit. The message of mutual submission is I'm here for you. I'm not here. I'm not here for my benefit. I'm here for yours. And the question mutual submission asks, and again, we talked about this a long time ago, but I'm not sure we've been checking with the blueprint, is what can I do to help? If every family member asks that question, you're, you know, you, you see, the thing that will change our families and, you know, mine as well as yours, is if we actually live out, it's not about me, it's about them. It's not about what I can get for my benefit, it's about what I can do for them. That would radically change absolutely everything. You know, and, and let's, you know, try that. Hey, what can I do to help? Man, you got a lot going on. What can I do to help? Uh, I, I don't want to add to your burden, but, but can, I, can, I, can I help you out here? And again, how you doing? I stink, and I'm, I'm doing awesome. Uh, as you look at the blueprint, you also see God says something else that, that builds strong, healthy relationships and families is something called appreciation. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just in fact you're doing and see, the most encouraged thing that we can do is express appreciation. The power of praise is awesome. See, acceptance is when you say, I accept you even though we're different and we're both imperfect. Attention says, you know what, you're worthy of my time and attention. Adjustment says, you know what, I'm willing to put down my needs and wants in order to meet yours. Adjustment Adjustment says, yeah, I'm willing, adjustment, did I say that? Adjustment says I'm willing to put my needs before my, I'm willing to put your needs. <laughs> Someone's liking my sermon right now. You preach it, brother. <laughs> hey, family, I'll tell you what I'm willing to do for you. I'm willing to put my needs over yours. That's how much I love you, all right? Some of you are taking notes and say, I'm checking out right now. Before he figures out, he said something wrong. If you're a visitor, I say stuff wrong a lot. But Adjustment says, you know what, I'm willing to put my needs down to meet yours. Appreciation says, not only do I accept you, but there's actually stuff about you that I like. And I'm going to tell you about it. How often should we appreciate? Hebrews 3.13 says, encourage one another daily. That's like every day. And Hebrews 10.24 says, let us think of ways to manipulate one another. <laughs> let us think of ways to guilt one another. To get our way. No, it says what? Let us think of ways to motivate one another. To acts of love and good works. Here's some of my favorite quotes about appreciation. Johann Wolfgang van Gogh. Correction does much, but encouragement does more. Encouragement after censor is as the sun after a shower. That's like after you have to discipline your kids, right? Boom. 
Yeah, try not to leave after the boom or come back soon after the boom, and you hug them, right? So you say, hey, I, I love you. you know, just because I discipline you doesn't mean I don't. In fact, it means I love you a whole lot, or else I wouldn't take the time and discomfort to discipline you. John Maxwell put it this way. Remember, man does not live on bread alone. Sometimes he needs a little buttering up. Amen. <laughs> Sam Walton. Nothing else can quite substitute for a few well-chosen, well-timed, sincere words of praise. They're absolutely free and worth a fortune. William Arthur Ward, I'm guilty of this. Like, wow. Feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. You ever done that? I've done it. Wow, that's really great what they did. I'm going to call them up. I'm going to write them down. I'm going to say something. And I never did it. It does absolutely no good. Paul said in Ephesians 4.29, right? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is useful for building others up according to their needs. You know, appreciation. I mean, again, think of your list. What can you do this week to express appreciation? And remember, you got somebody praying for you too, so it's probably going to happen. Affection. A man with leprosy came to him, begged him on his knees. If you're willing, you can make me clean, filled with compassion. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. Immediately leprosy left him and he was cured. Why did Jesus choose to touch this guy? Actually, he touched him before he even healed him, right? I mean, he didn't have to touch him to heal him, right? He could say, be healed, and he's healed. He didn't have to, he didn't have to even be anywhere near the guy, and the guy could have been healed. He, he could have just clapped his hand. But he chose to touch him. Why? Because this guy had not been touched for a very, very, very long time. Not by anybody. And he knew the power of human touch. Uh, maybe you remember the story about the Jackson twins, not in not relation to the Jackson 5, you know. Um, um, and what you have in this picture, on, on the right is, um, let's see if we get them right, uh, Brielle and Kyrie. Is Kyrie's on the right, Brielle is on the left, and they were born pe- premature, and, and they were b- both babies you know, to, to prevent you know, risk of infection were placed in different incubators in, in NICU. And, 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 and Kyrie, the, the one on the right, really started doing well. She was picking up weight and oxygen level, heart rate were doing really, really good. But for some reason, Brielle wasn't doing so good. And, and then on November, you know, when she was about a month old, Brielle started doing really bad. I mean, her heart rate is rapidly increasing. She's turning blue. Doctors are trying everything they can. Nothing's working. Mom and dad think, you know what? She is going to die. And then a nurse there remembers, hey, I remember hearing about a study that was done where they took premature twins and they would put them in the same incubator. And as soon as they placed the babies together, as soon as they got in there, Brielle snuggled up to Kyrie. And Kyrie put her arm. Is that Amazing. And put her arm around her sister, and that arm stayed there. And immediately, the sister started breathing right. And in a few days and weeks, both babies were healthy, and they got to go home. See, there's power in that, isn't it? And and that's kind of, you know, that's why I had you guys do that little thing we don't do all the time, haven't done for a long time. Hey, hug somebody, shake someone's hand, you know? You know, there's power in that. There could be some people, you know, that, you know, that, that may be the only time they get, they get a good, sincere hug. Not because they live alone, because no one at home is going to give them that kind of affection, you know. But there is power in it. You know, we got mercy right there. You know, you know mercy is the church-designated hugger, right? You know, 
you know, and, and the truth is, hugs really do heal, right? They really do make a difference. There's power in affection, and it's one of the essential building materials for a home. Love one another, acceptance. Honor one another, attention. Submit to one another, adjustment. Encourage one another, appreciation. Touch one another, affection. And again, how you doing? And, and, and guys, we got to get this especially, you know, is that if our family members don't get this stuff from us, don't get affection and attention from us, they're going to go somewhere else. And that somewhere else may not be a good thing. <laughs> Amen. She's right. She's right. You know, and dads, it's so important for dads, right? You know, so affection to their kids, to their daughters. So daughter understands what, what, what godly affection is and doesn't get pulled in some stu- with some stupid guy and do stupid, ungodly things. <laughs> Amen. That's God's word. It's God's word. It's true. Okay? And sixth, we need amnesty, forgiveness. Listen, our families will not make it without forgiveness. It's just not going to happen. Because people hurt people. And we're a room full of people. (laughs) And sometimes we hurt people on purpose. Ever hurt someone on purpose? I have. Sit down if you hurt someone on purpose. See, you did too. (laughs) And sometimes we hurt them unintentionally. And, and when we have a hurt, we can do one or two things with it. We, we, we can rehearse it and go over and over and over and watch it get bigger, 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 and it consumes us. Or we can release it and watch it get smaller and smaller and smaller and eventually either go away or not matter that much anymore. You see, resentment and bitterness always hurts us more. It's like we chunk a boomerang and boom, smacks us on the head. So what do we do? We remember that it hurts us more. And we remember that God has forgiven us. Here, here's a, here's a, something in, in God's word. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Okay, I'm not totally uncomfortable. I'm not uncomfortable, but not yet. Not totally uncomfortable. And then Paul's about to just kill me. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And again, our number one core value, right, is we honor biblical authority. We're not, we're not over this book. We're under this book. Remember I said it, it'd be uncomfortable, right? I mean, it's one thing to stick it on the wall. It's one thing to, to sign. By the way, if you haven't signed one of our posters and you say, hey, I want to commit to these things and, and strive for these things, you know, grab a Sharpie and sign one of those posters in the back before we slap glass on them. But it's one thing to sign it and say, hey, I'm really under it and I, I got to forgive. I forgot to set you guys up like I set the first service off. I set, set the first sub- service up. I, I had them, <laughs> hey, 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 y'all be nice, man. I need some appreciation here. <laughs> no, but wait, what I did, I tricked them and I said, hey, let's close together with the Lord's Prayer. And then I got here, I said, did you realize what you just prayed? God, I want you to forgive me the way I forgive my ex-spouse. The way I forgive the person who hurt me. God, that's how I went. And God said, really? Maybe you should rethink that one. You know? But again, it's not an option. As a believer, forgiveness is not an option. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. He didn't make you deserve it. He didn't make you grovel on the ground. He just forgave you. Now, two things that forgiveness is not. Number one, forgiveness is not minimizing the offense. It's not saying, oh, it's no big deal. Yeah, it was. 
That's why I'm hurt. You know, but I forgive you, right? So I said, oh, no, don't worry about it. That's stupid to do that. Okay, number two, number two, it, it does not mean instant restoration of the relationship. Because the restoration relationship, it takes time to build the trust back. But forgiveness is instant, right? We got to forgive. We just got to. You know, we forgive as God forgave us. We forgive for ourselves. It, it frees us. Jesus told a parable, right, in Matthew 18, that the one who didn't forgive was the guy that got wind up in jail. And some of you are in jail. And you walked in on your own accord. And you locked the door. And you said, I'm just not, it hurt too bad. I'm just not going to forgive them. Is there somebody in your family you need to forgive? Maybe, there even, maybe it's even somebody in this room. What are we going to do with that, right? You know, and you're going to find that when you forgive someone, the prisoner that is really set free, right, is you. Just let it go. God, I lean into you, God. You're going to take care of it. God, you're just. You're more just than I am. You, if there's some justice to be made, some wrong to be made right, God, I trust you to do that. There's one more piece of building material, and it's actually the most important. And I know I'm you know, I'm stretching the A thing a little bit here. <laughs> Almighty God. Almighty God. There's a verse in Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, verses 21 and 22. And what Paul is talking about, he's talking about how you had these two groups of people. You had Jews and Gentiles, and they hated each other. The Jew, you know, uh, the Jew, Thank God he wasn't a, a Gentile. Thank God he wasn't a dog. You thank God he wasn't a woman, right? They hated each other. And Paul says, crazy thing happened. Like, like Jesus, he, he broke down this wall of hostility, and, and, and he took these two groups that hated each other, and, and they, they make that, he made them one, and together they're building a house where God's spirit can live and reign. That's what the verse is talking about. But I really think... The principle here applies to our family. Because here, look what he says. The first two words are what? In him. In him. In him. Him at the center. In him, you could say the whole family, the whole building is joined together. And, and rises to become a holy temple, a holy family to the Lord. And in him, you too, your family, is built together to become a, a dwelling place in which God lives by, by his spirit. You, you see, the most important thing you can do for your family, the most important thing you can do for your marriage, I know what it is. Walk closer with God. That's it. Most important thing. You want to help your family? You want to help your marriage? In the next several weeks, walk closer with God. That's the most important thing. That's the best thing you could do for your family is to walk closer to God. God is this great unifier, right? We know the triangle. As you draw closer to God, people draw closer to God, they get closer together. It's just the way it is. It's the way the system is designed up. It always works that way. Always, always, always works that way. You cannot draw closer to God. You cannot walk closer to God and become more divided with people. You just can't. 
It's not how God does things. Because God, God, God breaks down the walls of hostility. God took two people and made them one. Hostile each other and make them one. And if you, here's something to help your walk with God. Maybe you already have a Bible reading program. Awesome. But if you don't, you know, we have a new faith that comes from hearing in your program. It's going to prepare you guys for Easter. Read that. Say, I'm going to read that every day. Because really, it's crazy, isn't it, when you think about it, that people think they can have a relationship with God and not be in his word. It's like, yeah, I got to go walk in a relationship with my wife. I haven't talked to her in 25 years. We never see each other, but it's, I think it's pretty good. It's ludicrous. God says, man, I, I got a book I want to give you to help you and encourage you, to build you up, not to beat you up, to shower you, shower you with my mercy and my promises. And I challenge you, man. If you're not in the Bible every day, just pick this up and read it. See what God has to tell you. It will make a difference. Having a great family. See, see, your family can go from bad to good. It can go from good to great. And don't settle for good when you can have great. But it's not going to happen by accident. Right? It's just not. I mean, when you watch the Olympics in Russia, it wasn't like some guy showed up. Hey, you know what? I think I'm going to go Russia. I'm going to do me some skiing and win me a gold. No, a lot of stuff happened. When you watch a guy sink a three-pointer with five seconds on the clock to win the game, you know, to win the NBA championship or March Madness, it wasn't like he just showed up on that day. Hey, hey, could I, like, play with you guys today? A lot of stuff, a lot of work, a lot of sweat, a lot of effort, a lot of time went into it. And it's going to take time and effort, but, but it's worth it. And it's going to be a struggle because... Satan hates your family, hates it. He wants to devour your marriage. He wants to destroy. He wants you to tear it about, tear it apart. He's doing a really good job, isn't he? So, so it's going to be a struggle, and it's going to take a work. But Maple Grove, be encouraged, because greater is the one that is in you. Greater is the one who wants to build your family and make it strong and heal their hurts than the one that is in this world. Don't settle for good when it can be great. Don't settle for bad when it can be good. Don't throw in the towel when God is in the picture. Don't give up. If something really good could happen in these next few weeks, and all you got to do, you're like, I don't know what to do. Prove your walk with God. That's it. Just do that. I'm going to read the Bible, hang out with God, talk to my dad. This is what I'm going to do. I, I, I'm going I'm to do my best, right, and, and, and commit the rest to God. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to trust him. Because he wants my family to be strong. He wants my marriage to be healed. He wants, those, he wants those broken pieces to be put back together again. And, and, and you know what I, I love about God? No, there's a lot I love about God. He never asks us to do anything that he's not done first. Right? God in Christ accepts you. God pays attention to you. He, he, he knows every hair on your head, right? Right? He knows when you get up and when you lie down. 
He keeps all your sorrows in a bottle. He knows you. He pays attention to you. You are the apple of his eye. And he has made adjustments for you. I mean, he put on flesh and came to this earth, right, and became obedient, became a servant, even to death on the cross. And he appreciates you. He's affectionate towards you. He calls you, you're my bride. You're my children. You're my kids. Behold what matter of love the Father's life. He appreciates you. And in Christ, he has given you amnesty. In Christ, he's forgiven you. In Christ, there's forgiveness. Full forgiveness, not partial forgiveness. You know, we're, we're going to sing a song right now, and it, it's, you know, Jesus paid it all. Not some. He didn't ask you if you were down. He didn't pay the down payment. says, you got to make the installment payments. You know, he, he said, I, I paid every bit of it. You know, and, and if you're here today and you've not surrendered to him, you know, you know we, we've had nine people in the last 12 days surrender to Christ in, in baptism, you know. And, and if you're here today, you haven't done that, man, that'd be, what a great day to do it. Say, I believe in Jesus, and I want to repent of my sins. And I want to be buried with Christ and rise to live a new life. What a day to do that, you know. Um, and if you're here today and you're just struggling, you know, I just, got, I just want you to be encouraged. Man, you know, God is not only, if you're a believer, God is not only for you and with you. God is, he's in you. He's in you. Be encouraged because of who God is. Would you stand and pray with me? God, we love you. And, and God, you know us, and God, we're, we're all in families, and God, we've had, you know, just the word sometimes brings happy thoughts and sometimes not so happy thoughts. And, and God, many of us, you know what, we thought we had a better way, and we started drawing up our own plan of how we should do things, and it's not working. And, God, today we just want to surrender to you and say, God, we, we want to do it your way. We don't want to just hear your word. We want to put it in our life. And we want to have that house, that home, that life that can weather the storms of this life. And, and God, we rejoice in the fact that our hope is not in our ability, but it's in you and your son, Jesus, and what he did. And, and Jesus, we just thank you that when we were the most messed up, you still loved us and you chased us and you pursued us and and you caught up with us, and you never gave up on us, and you believed in us. And Jesus, we thank you for paying it all, and we celebrate that sacrifice right now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Worship.